There's only one person that I know that flies, <laughs> flies, I would think, almost a daily, if not every other day, at least a couple times a week. That is Peter Greenberg. He is the host of Eye on Travel, a travel expert. You were in London for the coronation? Uh, yes, I was. Of course, you know, the Brits do everything when it comes to weddings, funerals, and now once every 70 years or so, they do the coronation. Were you in Westminster Abbey? Uh, very close by, as a matter of fact. I was all over town watching all the craziness. Keep in mind that what you saw on television was the pared-down version at, at a cost of only $127 million. <laughs> it looked like the place to be, Peter. It really did look like a celebration on every level. It was. And, uh, you know, listen, you want pageantry? You want pomp? That's what the Brits do. And for those people who are complaining that they, you know, they spent too much money, keep in mind that just America's fascination alone with the royal family is enough to drive tourism revenues over $500 million a year. Wow. So let's talk about President Biden's announcement today. What does this mean and will it really happen? Well, this has been brewing for quite some time. After all the meltdowns last summer, that's when the idea was hatched that we should need some new rulemaking from the U.S. Department of Transportation, because trying to fix this legislatively has never worked. These bills get introduced and never get out of committee. But the U.S. DOT has the right, and they have the ability, they've got the tools to make rules. And then the real catalytic moment happened, well, when the Southwest Airlines meltdown happened over the holidays, inconveniencing about 2 million passengers, and that's when they decided they're going to do some new rules. Now, having said all that, what Biden did today was basically say that for the very first time, if this goes through, emphasis on the word if, U.S. airlines will be forced and required to do compensation that goes way beyond just getting you a refund of your original ticket price. We're talking your accommodations, your meals, your other expenses, even the difference in fares on booking another airline to get you home if the earlier airline can't get you home. Uh, the precedent was sort of set by Southwest when they made rep, you know, remuneration. And it cost Southwest Airlines about $2 billion to do that. Uh, now, having said all that, remember, under federal rules, the fact that they've announced it today doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. There's a, period of, there's a period of about 60 days open for comments and discussions, and you can bet the airlines will be first in line with their objections. So we'll see how this gets watered down. But this would basically put us on the same standing as Europeans have when it comes to consumer rights when we're flying, right? Absolutely. The Europeans have had a rule called EC Rule 261 for quite some time, and it kicks in immediately. So if your flight's even delayed by three hours, they write you a check. This is not about a voucher or a future flight credit. It's actual cash. And that's really what we, ha we had happened during the pandemic, where a lot of people were steered into taking flight credits or vouchers that turned out to be worthless or expired. This is going to go beyond that, and uh, let's hope that some form of it gets into action soon. But remember, if we're talking 60 days of comments, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see this happening before the end of the summer. Right, and it's going to be a crazy summer when it comes to flying, just like last summer, right? Actually, I hate to tell you, it's going to be crazier. Mm. And the reason for that is that you have more demand. There are more people going to be traveling this summer than travel in 2019, which is a peak year. You have airfares at historic highs. You've got hotel rates at historic highs. You've got fewer flights. You've got the air traffic control center stressed because of staff shortages. 
and the FAA asking airlines to cut back on the number of flights. Uh, you've got unions wanting to call strikes at American Airlines and Southwest. I haven't even thrown in weather. Oh, yeah, I forgot one more thing. The unrealistic schedule that the airlines already published and the argument being, not to mention the U.S. Department of Transportation is also investigating that, that the airlines might be publishing schedules that at the time they publish them, they know they can't operate. That constitutes a fraud. That is so frustrating. They know what they're doing and they know well, it's yeah, yeah it, that is fraudulent. Somebody said, Lisa, I've been in my car in and out all day. I did not hear the new rules of legislation that may be concerning air travel. That is that the administration will write new regulations that will require airlines to compensate air travelers and cover their meals and hotel rooms if they're stranded for reasons within the airline's control. Isn't that the small print there? Isn't that it, Peter, well, no, within their control? Always, well, they've always had an out and a reasonable out. It's called weather. But remember, how many times have you been at an airport on a beautiful sunny day with 20-20 visibility and the flight cancels because of weather? Well, the reason for that in many cases is because the plane that's coming in to become that flight can't get there because of weather. But if you can prove that this is under the airline's control, they don't have enough crew, there's a maintenance issue, or their schedule is ridiculous, then you qualify. Remember, even today, or I should, I should even say even before the pandemic, airlines were publishing schedules for connecting flights that had like a 33-minute connect time, and they claimed that was legal. That's not. That's absurd. Uh, the other day, I'll give you an example. I, can't, I, I took a, a Delta Airlines flight from New York City from JFK to San Juan in Puerto Rico. It was a full 737. That's 180 passengers. And at the time the plane got to the gate, I, I timed it. From the time they opened the door and the jetway was there, how long it took for people just to get off the plane. On average, and that's assuming you were sitting in the middle of the plane, 23 minutes. So how do you publish a schedule that accounts for a 33-minute connect time between flights? It's right. stupid. Yeah. Uh, this person went on to say um, when they addressed that, they were in and out and didn't hear the legislative um, efforts, but they said they'd like to see that people who are banned from airlines be banned from other modes of transportation like buses and trains, because if you're evil and out of control on an airline, you'd do it on any form of transportation. But let's talk about that. Are they going to come back and just say these people who do these despicable things on airlines like a couple weeks ago, somebody urinated on somebody? They, in my mind, they should never be allowed on a plane again. Here's the problem. During the pandemic, we had almost 7,000 cases of unruly, disruptive, or downright violent passengers, many of whom were officially at the time, quote-unquote, banned from that airline. But there was a move afoot saying, wait a minute, if I mess up on United, what's to stop me from going on American or Delta? Shouldn't there be a no-fly list? It never happened. And guess what? When the pandemic started to ease, we started emerging from COVID, a lot of airlines invited those very same passengers they banned to come back if they promise to behave. That is crazy. I don't want to be on a plane with those people. And I hope that gets looked into as well. I could talk to you for hours. I hope you'll come back, Peter. You got it. You will hear him every weekend on WGN. He is the host of Eye on Travel. You should follow him on social media as well or go to petergreenberg.com. It's a wealth of information. Newsroom temperature check coming up next. But first, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic.